Hey, you guys. Providentially, I was booked to speak in Hawaii after the tragedies that happened in the Lahaina fires. And what a gift to be able to go and be a gift during a really hard time for people. I'm under no delusion that I'm the savior of the world. I'm going to swoop in and fix everything, right? But I can do something. So I went there with my bride to just embrace the people there and give encouraging words because that's what I do. That's what we do. And guys, listen, when you're face to face with an overwhelming tragedy, instead of saying, what can I do? Say, what can I do? right? We each have something we can do. So jump in and do your thing. And that's that's my thing is, is to lift up souls. But listen, as is always the case, when you're reaching out to bless somebody else, God blesses you back tenfold. And I was so blessed and edified and humbled by the strength and by the spirit of the people there. Look, if you Google Lahaina fires, you're going to find all sorts of clickbaity headlines. Did aliens do it? Did Oprah do it? What could the government have done differently? And some of those, those headlines ask questions that are valid and good, all right? Not the Oprah and aliens question, but like, what, what really, what, what should the government response have been? Where did things go wrong? But there's a more important question. What's the God story in all this? Where is God in the midst of that suffering? Where was he when things were going wrong? Where is he now? And I'm so excited to bring you guys with me this week because we capture a bit of that and show the God story underneath the story of this human tragedy. Uh, I gave a talk, and right after that talk, headed into a party where a lot of people were gathered who have been pouring themselves out and, frankly, exposing their hearts to trauma. I mean, the stories you're going to hear are kind of heartbreaking. Um, and they, we start the party with just, they're just blowing off some steam, Hawaiian style. You know, the stuff with the ukuleles and the yodeling and the, and the hula, that's not just stuff for, for movies. That's how real Hawaiians are living and, and living and preserving their culture today. Uh, and I'm excited to show you some of that because there's real joy in the midst of the pain that they're experiencing. But then we dive into these stories that don't only show the heartache that's happening and how people are going to be rebuilding for years, but show the response of faith, the resilience, and people who, who don't just look up to the Damien of Molokai and Sister Marion Cope and Joseph Dutton. We'll dive into their stories a little on the show today but who were actually becoming the saints of Hawaii today. And I hope their stories inspire you to be a saint in whatever setting you're in today. I love you guys. Thanks for being with us. We are heading into the reboot after party right now. It's not your regular after party at a reboot. My beautiful bride is a little tired. <laughs> She's already got it. He's just not gonna stop. Yeah. He just yodels. Yeah, yodels. He's like, <laughs> and there's a falsetto. And this is uh, my little sister did this. This is Mary wow. Star of the Sea. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh man. That is. Thank you so much. That's beautiful. Uh, I know some of you guys have like gone next level and gone on the ground in Lahaina to help yeah, after yeah. the fires. Um, so I just want to hear what you what the experience has been. Uh, but first, I just want to thank you guys for doing that, man. Like, for all the criticism the church gets, I mean, you go to the worst places in the world and the greatest tragedies, 
and the people you find on the front line actually doing something are Catholics Amen. consistently every time. I guarantee you, you're not out there and you're not seeing a, like big atheist groups coming to help in the fire. Everybody criticizes us about being all about just only heaven and not caring about people's needs on earth. And the exact opposite is true. When you care about heaven, you start taking care of people's needs on earth. So um, anyway, yeah, I just want to hear what you're, what you're seeing. Um, on day one, we were able to get food into the hands of evacuees who had left with nothing besides backpacks. And we were able to find out wherever they were evacuated to and, and get them supplies, get them groceries, get them, you know, some uh, cash cards for, you know, for, for uh, things that they might need, gas cards, everything like that. And then in that first week, I know, handed around to these guys, but we have two gentlemen here who were on that very, very first boat that went to Maui. And, you know, um, they left early in the morning and traveled by boat and, and brought the barge over and um, docked a little bit outside of Lahaina and then had jet skis that came up, you know, to to because it couldn't go all the way in. But jet skis that would go back and forth. And there was this massive line of just like a, a human train of people that were volunteers, you know, to carry up all of the things that were brought in onto trucks to get it to the people. And then uh, after that, we have chartered, I think, three or four airplanes full of materials. You, you said it, you set this stuff up. Yes. Yes, we did. Yes. You just jumped in and just did that. Yes. My, um, it was, like, uh, you're not like a, like a civil engineer or a community, community organizer right. or, yeah, I mean, just, you just figured out what are all the pieces that have to be put in place right. and let's figure them out and put them in place and do it. Right. And we had some real important key players. Most importantly, we listened to the people of Maui and what they needed and we made sure that uh, the things that we brought are what they needed. So uh, just to end my part, the thing that we're working on now is there was a school that burned down Sacred Hearts Maui. And that school is the school that's attached to Maria Lanaquila Parish. Now the parish wow. miraculously survived, but the school's gone. Mm. And so because of that, we started a pop-up school and Epic was able to get over to them everything they needed for their pop-up school. And it's so beautiful to see these little kids um, just loving being there, so happy to be there. And, you know, really, Chris, when you know that these kids lost their homes, some of them lost loved ones, mm. it's amazing to know that the church, this mission church and this amazing uh, school with an amazing principal, um, Tonada, uh, yeah. Lolicio, um, she and her crew are a beacon of hope for that community. Taking in these children, loving them, mm and just being this safety and some normalcy during a time when they lost everything else. And for us to be able to, it's not about us, the fact that we can come in and offer support to such a wonderful leader and such a wonderful school and community. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Because no one's going to take better care of the community than the community. Yeah. And so what we're there to do is support them and Praise help God. them with what they need to do. But Josh. Yeah, Josh. Um, well, the funny thing is the night before uh, our council was actually a meeting as all of this was going on. And for the most part, we didn't know what was going on in Maui. Uh, the next morning I wake up and we're standing outside of the school mass at St. Michael's and we're hearing news of all of this happening. Um, I'm getting mixed messages. The church is gone. The church is still there. You know, everything's gone. Um, but when the smoke cleared and, as more information became available, it it was without a doubt a, a moment that we should not wait to act. It, we had to figure out what we were going to do. And 
figure out what that need was and fill it. For Epic Ministry, we, we had people on the ground already. We had um, our Epic Maui chapter there ready to serve, ready to help. Many of whom even impacted by the, the, the fire. You know, I, I love that he's like, I'm just, I'm just gleaning so much inspiration from what you guys are saying. Um, we just had to act now, right? Yeah. To act on something that's meaning it's just a disaster, just a massive scale without knowing how to act now. But the first priority is to act and figure out how to act after you start acting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's take off and fix the plane in the air. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Right. But it's pretty much what we did. The needs have been constantly changing from, from something as simple as having clothes and food to now realizing um, many people are without jobs because a big part of the industry in Maui is tourism and a huge chunk of that was in West Maui in Lahaina. Oh, yeah. And so like, all I know of lots those of people, people who would go to yeah. Lahaina who just... That, that's the vacation spot. Exactly. And, that's and like so many of them support. just don't have, they don't have a job right now. Um, and so we have chosen to listen to the people mm. uh, and figure out what their exact needs are. Wow. Okay. I want to, I want to land on this. You guys are, what you're doing makes me think of the saints of, of Hawaii, you know, and you guys are kind of spoiled. Is there any diocese that has two canonized saints who, who, who did ministry there and then the third in the making. Is there any other diocese like that? Not, not only do you guys have pretty waves and nice sunsets, you also have all the saints. It's like God just turned the faucet on on Hawaii and forgot to turn it off. Um, anyway, it's not fair. I'm a little resentful. No, but the, but, the, but the spirit that animated them is what I'm seeing you guys do right now, right? There's, and there's a lot of ways to keep culture alive and you're doing that musically, you're doing that with hula, right? And, and I, I think... Some people criticize people who are, quote, culture warriors. Some things are worth fighting for, right? Like a culture is worth fighting for. But the way you fight for it is, is what you're doing here. You know, you, you, you eat poi and pokey and you hula and, uh, and have beautiful music, right? Um, but, but a culture is a, is, a, is a shrine that protects something sacred. And it's, and it's worth upholding that shrine. The, the, the thing is, Chris, yeah. it's really important to know this is with the Hawaiian culture, our culture is alive. alive. We live our culture. We do our culture. You know, it's not something that is just a memory. It's something that we live every day. And that's why the people of Maui and everything I've seen up there, just there's the aloha spirit. We talk about that, but it's real. You know, people who are coming together, driving down that bypass road with all the destruction around us, communities completely decimated, all up and down, I did not see. Now, they could be there. I'm not trying to spit on anyone. I did not see, though, any of the big government agencies. I drove there with Tyler. We drove down. But what did we see? Every half a mile, there was a Hawaiian flag. And underneath that Hawaiian flag was a pop-up tent with some uncle giving away free tacos, you know, or free food, whatever it was. That's what you see. Giving away free water, no questions asked. You know, and that Aloha spirit and the the, the, the drive that the Hawaiian people have, the local people have to take care of one another is still very, very much alive, you know? And so that's what I like about, about here. Uh, well, and in our culture too, it's, it's not about, it's just what we do. You know, it's music that we play. It's, um, it's the food that we eat. It's the, the ways that we help one another. I think it's built into our DNA to, you know, 
to serve other people, Amen. you know? And the one thing, if you want to get around to it, I, Malcolm came back in, he was the one with the baby, but um, Epic Ministry, he is the um, executive director. Yeah, um, Epic Ministry throughout this uh, entire thing has been able to raise over, we have one of our, yeah, so over a quarter million dollars and we've delivered well over 100,000 already in aid Praise directly God. to Maui and to the people there. And so I'm, I'm very proud of what Epic's done. Um, I'm like the old guy. I'm on the I'm the board president, so I'm like the old guy watching the young Dude, ones do it. We're getting old. I know, man. I tell you what. But Malcolm, did you want to share something? Yeah. There was no agenda other than people wanted to help and they wanted to find the place that did it instantly. Yeah. Um, so we're a small organization. We have a lot of cleaning up. Hey, what's to do. your website? How do people find out about Epic? Uh, EpicMinistry.net. And then, by the way, if you move to Hawaii. Look, especially you in Dwight, look it up and get involved. Um, but but I, I want to weave this together here. The, um, the, that living culture, right? Like I, I'm, when I say shrine, I'm thinking of it in the living sense of, of the church. The church is like, it's, it's alive, right? The specific thing you guys keep alive, it's the beauty of, of Hawaiian culture uh, before Christianity came here, merged with the, the spirit of the saints that animated this place, right? Um, and there's something about those saints that did exactly what you guys are doing here that said, here's a horrible situation. Let's jump right in. Let's jump right into the middle of that situation. Uh, I mean, Damian Molokai, talk about jumping into the worst situation imaginable when no one else was there. There's no government agency going in there. It was just a total mess. And he just said, I'm going to, I'm going to hop in. Um, Marion Cope, you know, a lot, a lot of the, the medical procedures we have now uh, to keep people clean and from getting infectious diseases, she developed those things. They're still using it in hospitals, which is why St. Damien died of leprosy and she didn't. So I'm sorry, St. Damien, right? Yeah, it's pretty wild. But Joseph Dutton is one that most people don't know about. And, and I want you guys to share, any, who's Joseph Dutton expert that wants to share some cool Joseph Dutton facts and stories? Well, just, just, just a few things. I mean, Joseph Dutton was uh, fought in the Civil War. He was actually a convert to, to Catholicism. Um, and he converted partly because he was looking for a way to kind of make up for some of the things that he had done. He was always drunk. He was suffered as an alcoholic just to cover that depression. Um, but then upon converting to Catholicism, he thought, well, I need to go and make up for all of these things that I've done. Uh, and he tries to become a, you know, Benedictine. It wasn't enough for him. He felt like it, he needed more penance. And so uh, while traveling, he heard about uh, Father Damien and the work that he was doing. And he went out there. That was his penance. It was to go out there and to serve the rest of his life there for as long as he was needed uh, to care for the people uh, with Hansen's disease and, and, you know, provide for them. And in fact, he was the one who served longer than both together. He served 44 wow. years in, in Kalaupapa. So, so the lepers that are living there today, they remember him as with as yeah. much reverence or yeah. maybe more, right? Yeah. He, he was there for In fact, we, we had a conversation with some of, the, some of the patients that are still there. I mean, they may not have had a direct connection with him, but they've always had a, an affinity towards Joseph Dutton. They've always considered him as the one to kind of you know, get things done, especially after Father Damien. He took care of the boys. The boys really 
um, resp uh, responded to him and um, followed his lead because he, he took care of them. And here's a, here's a great example. If, if you want to just jump into something, you don't have to have it all together. No. He's got with tons of issues. I think he had a lot of anger, anger issues yeah. and stuff, PTSD, alcoholism, and like, let's just jump right in. Yeah. I got to give a shout out to J Joseph Dutton too. You guys, um, when Natalie had a thyroid nodule and we were visiting Hawaii, yeah. yep, and um, we asked you guys to pray over her and you prayed in Hawaiian over her and it was really powerful and moving and you prayed to Joseph Dutton. And um, I mean, we, I, I know why I, I attribute it to him. But uh, we didn't know if it was cancerous or not, or we didn't know what was going on. It was very nerve-wracking. And just within a week or two, it was just gone. And the doctors don't know why it just went away, but it just went away. But I, I think I know why it went away. Well, obviously, I got goosebumps. Yeah. I just wanted to add one thing if yeah. you wanted to speak. The other person I, I think would be really great is Ryan. Ryan Fielding, a, a couple of things. He's one of our younger members. Um, <laughs> And prior to going off to college, um, he was a major part of the Kapuna Needs Project. During the pandemic, he helped organize um, in, in, in conjunction with, the, with Epic Ministry, the Knights of Columbus. And he fed over a quarter million people, you know, during that time uh, when, when everybody else was kind of shut down. We're very proud of him. And then he, he goes off to college. He goes off to college and then comes home to this. And then immediately gets on the very first boat to go and help the people in Lahaina yeah, as well. I was so, actually, uh, yeah. I was in the Holy Land, then I went to World Youth Day. Then I got out, off from World Youth Day and immediately I got home and I heard about these fires. Um, and it's, 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 been, it's been, it's very tragic to see just everything that's happening out there. Uh, just from that first boat, when Matt and I went out um, with my dad, um, and some other people from the church and from the Boy Scouts, um, you know, we, we really didn't know what to expect. Um, we were just kind of playing it by ear, kind of whatever people's needs were. We were going in and jumping in and trying to help them as best as we could, but we didn't have any, um, we didn't have like internet. We didn't have a whole lot of transportation communication with anyone. So we we're just trying to figure it out. Um, and I thought I was kind of going in there. I know what to expect. I was just like, okay, I'm going to go in there. Maybe I'm going to be like cleaning up fire debris. Maybe I'm going to be cooking meals and doing these things. Um, but a big part of what I was able to do there, which I feel really blessed to have done this. And I think it was the most important thing was I helped uh, with Father Pasquale set up spiritual assistance tents at the main distribution centers of, of, of food and we we're just there praying for people. And eventually now uh, there's a bunch of deacons and other priests and religious that are able to go uh, over to this tent, over to these distribution centers. And they're praying for all these people. And something that you guys have told me that kind of blew my mind is that one of the, I mean, and this always happens when you go give service, you're always blessed more than you bless. Right. Absolutely. Um, is that you encounter people who lost family who were out there serving with you. Yeah. Can you tell me one story that maybe really, really touched you with that, that you, that you experienced firsthand? Yeah. Um, I, I've been working between uh, Epic and the Knights of Columbus. So I've been sitting in a lot of the community meetings out there in West Maui and connecting with a lot of the people. Uh, one story that I did ask to be able, uh, if it was okay to share um, one in particular of a, uh, a dad who 
was called to work. Him and his wife were called to work um, as the fires were going on, not knowing how the fires were going to turn out. Um, and his kids were home from school because it was the last day of summer for them. Uh, and basically the, the eldest kid was watching his siblings or her siblings. Um, and they were rushing home. They were trying their best to get home. But unfortunately, they, they lost all three of their children. And so um, it, it, it was hard to hear these stories of, of these parents having to go through such loss. Um, it, it's been very difficult. And, you know, we haven't heard too much about how many children have actually been victims in the fire who have died. And part of, the, part of that is just because they were so small, so young, and how, how extreme the temperatures of the fire were, that a lot of the remains they find are simply just ash and bone. Mm. And so a lot of these parents who would sneak in to go and check because they weren't able to be there, they can't find their children, have had to go through that loss and witness that loss and finding their family members in the rubble, but only just simply, uh, totally un un unidentifiable. For some, others may be identifiable, but just knowing, uh, looking at, at the rubble and seeing what little remains, uh, having to go through that loss has been very difficult. Um, and I, I just couldn't imagine what that guy was going through, but he, he needed to share his story. He needed to share it because he wanted people to know that although he's going through all of this, he still wants people to know that he, uh, had, he didn't have any animosity towards anybody, he, but he wanted people to understand that just because of the loss that he was going through didn't necessarily mean that everything else, you know, uh, the loss that everybody else is going through is less than what he was going through. The day after that party, I decided to go closer to the wreckage and what I saw was staggering. I'm driving on a freeway, 55 miles an hour. I passed three exits and it's just leveled. Like the entire drive, it's just leveled to the ground. It's going to take years for these people to rebuild. And I, and I know that news cycles have moved on. Please don't move on in your heart. Keep them in prayer and keep them in your charitable giving. You guys, could join, join me in a Hail Mary for the souls of the departed. That Mary, star of the sea, Hakui Kikai in Hawaii, would escort them to heaven. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. But listen, guys, the beauty of the church is that the church isn't just a building, and a community is more than just the streets and street signs and historical sites. It's alive. It's living in us. And I got to bump into a, to a principal at Sacred Heart School in Lahaina. This school has been operational for 161 years and they lost their, their historic building, but they didn't lose their school.
They didn't lose their community. They didn't lose their spirit. In fact, all that stuff is getting stronger through this tragedy. So it was really beautiful and humbling. I walked in and uh, the principal's like, you're that guy. And I had an incredible interaction with her. I want to share with you. Just met the principal of the, uh, the school in Lahaina. Hi, my name is Tonata Lolisio. I'm the principal of Secret School in Lahaina that burnt down in the wildfires. Yeah. We've now relocated to Sacred Arts Mission Church out in Kapalua. And this is our second week of um, this hybrid instruction for grades kindergarten through high school. So they're, they're, uh, they're using this church here and the hybrid instruction is each grade has a couple days a week here and, uh, and, then, and then a couple days of virtual at home. And the beauty is that you just said, we just keep it going. We just keep it going. That's what Catholics do in these times of destruction and chaos and uncertainty. We bring them together and we make sure that we meet all of their needs, especially their spiritual needs. They need to know God loves them. I love you. Just beautiful. Thanks, guys, for stopping. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for your witness. Thanks for Maui strong, man. Yes. <laughs> My strong. Catholic strong. Amen. Catholic strong, yeah. Would you would you close us in a in a in a chant, maybe um, for the souls of those who who uh, who passed in the Lahaina fire? Sure, I think we can do. Um, I can do a lay chant, and it's just a chant that you know offers um, offers Thanksgiving for you know um, the graces that will come um, from the work that's been put into helping the recovery. But also um, offering, you know, uh, offering the sacrifices that have been made to God so that he might look upon it and give grace to those, you know, who need that grace. Thank you, Jesus. May the souls of the faithful depart for the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. Man, what a night. I think you need to go to bed soon. Bro. I do, bro. Okay, now, in, in, in Hawaiian, you got you to translate for me for, for our viewers who only speak Hawaiian. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching. Mahalo no oko nana ana. Thank you to our missionaries of joy who make this work possible. Mahalo no oko hana ma kahonua apau. Be sure to like and subscribe. A komi i ka button. I love you guys. All right. No, I want to hear I love you guys, bro. Oh. Aloha vaoyaoko. And then we end with the Hawaiian greeting, which is uh, right there. It's the most beautiful greeting ever, man. You share breath together, right? And howlies are called howlies because it's without breath. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They're like, they're like, hey. They're like, hey, he's without breath. Now, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> Aloha with breath. So God bless you guys. See you next time. <laughs>